Welcome to the Pen and the Yod. Join Rabbi Michael Siegel from On Shamit Synagogue and author Jonathan Eig as they start over once again with this week's Torah portion of Breshit, the power of words to create and to destroy. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Rabbi. So we get to start the Torah over again. I think that's pretty exciting. Always a good thing when we make it through one more round. Yeah. You can say that for us. You can say that for the Jewish people. You can, right. <laughs> just another, in general. Another trip around the sun, as they say, on our on birthdays. It's a Shechiano moment. I want to I wanna think about the power of words. Because what is such an interesting aspect of the story is that God speaks, right? God said, let there be light, vahi or, and there was light. And in each phase of the creation, God is speaking. And so the power of the word is underscored. I want to think about that because language, the ability to communicate, is, I think, part of what it means to be created in the image of God. You see that in the story of the Garden of Eden. After the people eat from the tree, the first humans eat from the tree, God speaks to them, asks them what they were doing, and each one responds. But God only speaks to the Nachash, to the serpent. The serpent never speaks to God. In other words, the serpent doesn't communicate on the same level as um, human beings, and therefore we have to assume that the Torah is suggesting that language, words, are something that we share with the divine in a unique way as human beings. Yeah, that's a that's a really powerful thought, and it, it strikes me that I was reading a couple articles recently about uh, how the power of artificial intelligence may allow us to better understand how animals uh, are communicating, and people are studying whale songs and just determining if there are specific languages there that we can better understand. But um, I think you're right that the uh, the human power to communicate uh, is is, is something very special. And uh, it also occurred to me, as you were saying, that that um, words give us the power to lie as well, as we also see in the Garden of Eden, right? Right. Well, or at least to obscure. Yes. Um, absolutely. We obscure the truth. We can shade the truth. We can deny the truth. There's no question about it. Words can elevate us and words can denigrate us. There's a very famous story of a rabbi who sent his servant to go and buy him the most wonderful food in the market, and he brought back a tongue, right? It's a <laughs> unique taste. But um, And then he said, the next day he says, bring me back the worst thing you can find in the market, and he brought back a tongue. So, again, you know, that's the idea that, we, that words can raise us up and words can lower us. But, you're, you know, I think both of us, spend a lot of time immersed in words. Definitely. We both communicate all the time, writing, but you're much more immersed in the written word than I am. And I, I wonder about your relationship with words and how this idea in the Torah affects you as a writer. Well, I think of you know words as my tools, and um, you can use tools in lots of different ways, right? You can use them to build anything. You can, as, as we said earlier, you can use them to lie. Uh, you can use them to, 
to tweet up a storm and to generate controversy on social media. You can use them for egotistical purposes. You can use them, you know, in my case, I'm using them, I think, fundamentally to try to tell the other people's stories and to try to help people think uh, beyond themselves and to, 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 to submerge themselves in other people's lives. And that's something I've been doing you know, since I was a kid, really, when I was 16, and I started working at my hometown paper. And the, the power that I felt like I had was that I could go out with my little notebook and record other people's words, and then, you know, retell them, put them in the newspaper, and perhaps amplify them. And, and I thought that was really cool. Like, that was a superpower for me, that I had this, um, this little notebook that allowed me to take words and share them. And that someone would read them and possibly be moved or excited or touched yeah, and this was a time when I think um, people had m even more uh, respect for the written word than they perhaps do now in our age of social media and everybody looking at their phones. But this was, you know, I, I came up in the age of, of Watergate when people who put words on newsprint were heroes for, mm -hmm. for tr they were truth tellers. Yeah. Um, and, and I had this, you know, romanticized notion that I was going into the business of telling the truth and using words to help the afflicted and to keep the powerful in check. And, you know, you could, you know, the, let the trumpet sound, you know, this was, this was important, heroic work. Uh, at least that's what, you know, the young idealistic me went into it thinking about. But it's true that the word still moves us, even though it's been debased in so many ways, it, it does move us. And I know that we can get cynical about it, but there are moments where your words just move people. I've experienced that in your books. And I'd like to think that there are moments when, I mean, one of the, one of the really touching moments for me is someone will remember a sermon I gave 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that touched their life in some way. That's a very powerful experience. That's a gift that you can give in regards to words, right? No question about that. And that's what we're after. We're trying to get people to be on themselves in some ways, do the same thing with words. We're trying to help people to um, you know, open up new ideas and to think about themselves and to think about others, perhaps um, in addition to themselves. There's a term that was actually in, um, coined at the beginning of the last century um, called weasel words. Are you familiar with that idea? No, I don't think I am. What do weasels do? They'll go and they will take, they'll go, they'll, they'll take a piece of uh, like a nut or something and they'll eat what's inside of the nut, but they'll leave the shell, right? Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that you can strip a word of its meaning. You know, it looks like a word, but there's nothing inside, mm -hmm. right? So the word interesting is a weasel word. Interesting. Right? So I, you know, you know, I thought your last book was uh, so interesting. Right? <laughs> right. Your sermon, oh, that sermon yeah. was uh, interesting. Yeah, it was, yeah. And you're like, and, and the person smiling at you at the same time as I'm sure you, well, I, I'll choose to hear it this way. Right. But, but, but it's such a great term, right? There's all kinds of weasel words that we use. We don't want to say it one way or another. So we just sort of kind of strip the word of its meaning in the moment. And uh, I think that that's a, it's a powerful thing. And, and what we're actually doing is we're destroying the meaning of the word, right? So it's a way of debasing language in a way that we should be very careful of. Because in a sense, we are our words. We represent in the world is very much tied to the language we use. Words can raise us up or they'll lower us. 
Well, they absolutely matter. Words can be true and words can be lies, and the same words can appear to be both or one of the, one of the other at the same time. And um, it's your brand, it's your identity, it's your it's what you want to put out into the world. And I think you know we need to take more responsibility for it. And um, maybe the fact that all of our words are recallable now, you know, when you tweet or um, send a text message, it's, it's it's very hard to retrieve. Maybe that sh- that will give us some pause to think about the power of our words. Have you ever regretted something you wrote? Oh, sure. Plenty of times. Yeah. I was just thinking of one the other day that um, when I was a young reporter at the at the Daily Northwestern, uh, the campus newspaper at Northwestern, um, somebody who I didn't realize at the time was a manic depressive episode told me a bunch of stuff that I printed, not realizing that I was being lied to. And and I had to really apologize for, for what I wrote because I, I didn't know this. It was an administration, a university official um, who was just happened to be have it going through a hard time, a mental health crisis. But, you know, I printed these wild things that he said that weren't true. And I had to apologize profusely. It was a really interesting learning experience for me, though. I've had those moments, too. I've given sermons that I've really, really regretted, especially when I was younger. I remember in the 90s when... We were all Twitter with peace accords and Israel was going to be accepted. And I think I gave a high holiday sermon. I hope it wasn't, but it probably was a high holiday sermon where I think I stated we're living in a new age and anti-Semitism is no longer an issue for us. Mm. We are, this is our privilege to live in this age. And, you know, I look back at that sermon. I said, gosh, what, you know, I, I wish I could take that one back, but uh, it can't. You can't. And, and I think that we also have to own up to our words. And when we misspeak, we have to, we have to say it. It's amazing to we went through this whole high holiday experience and we stand up and we beat our breasts, you know, for the uh, Shamnu and then with the Alchet. Uh, if you examine them, more than 50% of the sins that we're talking about have to do with language. Mm. And so, you know, what the rabbis are really pointing to and taking us back to the Torah itself is that human beings can live up to their status as being created in the image of God by the use of words. But we can also reduce ourselves to the level of the animal. And if you think of some of the more crude terminology that people use about other people, right, oftentimes they're tied to an animal. And so the right. ugliness of it, you know, so not only do we have weasel words that have been stripped of their meaning or their essence, we also can really debase people in that way as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, it strikes me, Rabbi, that while this conversation has been interesting, um, you haven't yet tied it to this week's Torah portion. In the creation story, God spoke and the world came to be. Ah, human yes. Beings, okay, you did actually then. Human being, right, right. I and I just, I, I, for, I missed that. Forgive me for saying that you misspoke. But, <laughs> but I do want to come to something that has always really touched me. Many years ago, Abraham Joshua Heschel spoke to a group of cantors. And it's, uh, it's a called the vocation of the cantor. It's a really extraordinary piece because what he's talking about is the power of prayer and the power of words, and the uh, remarkable responsibility that cantors have. And he says something really interesting, which is kind of a lead into next week. He said, the Lord commanded Noah, go into the Teva. The Teva is the term for the ark, you and all your household. Teva means ark, but it can also be used for a term for a word. 
So, in other words, a word can serve as the ark. In prayer, a person can enter the word with all he has, with heart and soul, with thought and voice. So a word can take us through the stormiest of times, right? It can allow us to make the journey. It can inspire us to go forward. And it can touch our souls in ways that very few other things can do. And I I wanted to sort of end with that, but I, I think it's such a beautiful idea that a word could be an arc that can lead you forward. I think that's great. And uh, I'm sure obviously I agree since we're both in the, in the word business. Um, but it, it's hard to think of, of too many other things that can, that can touch, that we can touch one another with in words, uh, anything more powerful. It's hard to think of anything more powerful than that. Well, let me end by uh, thanking you for the things that you write, the words that you choose, uh, and the difference you make through your words. Yes, Thank you.